This season, we're launching a new episode of The Missing every week. But if you don't want to wait, all episodes are currently available completely ad-free on What's the Story Crime. Signing up is really easy. Just follow the link in our show notes. You're guaranteed to find your new favourite true crime listen. From con men to missing people, forensic investigations to miscarriages of justice, What's the Story Crime is the home for all true crime fans who want bingeable, addictive, crime-based content. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. How many missing persons cases can you recall from memory? Which ones would you call household names? How many were front page news? It's likely to be no more than a handful. Across this podcast series, we have featured people from all cultures, races and walks of life. Every missing person is important. Every case deserves recognition and support. But for this final episode of season two, we wanted to shed light on and explore something which has become increasingly apparent throughout the production of this series. That there are many missing people who just don't get the attention they deserve. We like to think that everyone has equal value and obviously everybody should have equal value, but we don't act like that. We don't, we, society doesn't operate on that premise. And obviously everyone, everyone's worth the same and should command the same levels of empathy and care and inquiry when they go missing. I'm Pandora Sykes, and you're listening to The Missing, a Podomo podcast series brought to you with the support of the charity Missing People and the investigation specialist Locate International. They've joined together to bring you real stories of the long-term missing, cases they believe can all still be solved. This is The Missing, hidden from view.
When we first launched this series, we told you that almost 1,000 people are reported missing each and every day. And while most are found a short while later, there are some who go missing for weeks, months and even years. But drill down into the numbers in more detail and you'll find some surprising, or perhaps not so surprising, statistics. According to national crime agency figures between 2019 and 2020, black people accounted for 14% of missing people in England and Wales, over four times their relative population. Women of Asian origin are significantly more likely to go missing between the ages of 18 and 23 years than women from any other ethnic group. And between the ages of 13 and 17 years old, young black people and those of Asian and mixed ethnic origin are more likely to go missing than young white people in the same age bracket. These figures show an alarming trend, but this isn't just an episode about nameless, faceless statistics. It's about the people at the heart of these cases and how we can improve the situation for them and their families. This episode of The Missing Asks, if people from British BAME communities go missing so much more than their white peers, why do these cases fail to make the headlines? Why do we so rarely hear about them? And if there's an imbalance in the way these cases are covered, is that the same for other groups? Can where you live, your economic status, the colour of your skin, impact on how widely reported your case will be? There was no there was no national press about Armina going missing. And this man just wants his daughter back. That's Yasmin Lejoie. She's a music manager, writer and activist who lives in London. And for a long time, she's been preoccupied with how Britain treats its missing citizens. Yasmin isn't interested in missing people as some kind of abstract or academic subject, but because she has a particularly personal connection. When I was a toddler, when I was an infant, I was kidnapped um, by a family member and taken to the Netherlands with a view to um, flying to Egypt. Yasmin was found by authorities at Amsterdam Airport and returned to her mother. But she is all too aware what a sliding doors moment that was in her life and that things could have been very different. I would still be in Egypt now. I would be a young Egyptian woman. I would I would not speak English. I would speak Arabic. Um, I would likely wear a hijab. I would likely be Muslim. Um, I, my life would be so, so different. Obviously, you know, they found me in Amsterdam at the airport and they repatriated me and my little brother back to the UK. So on the face of it, Yasmin was found and returned home safely. But her experience opened the door to a deeper question. Why was she found when so many other children from ethnic minorities are not? Yasmin wonders what might have happened if she hadn't been rescued. Because I'm brown and I was abducted by a family member, would anyone care? Would I be in the news? Would people remember me? Would they say my name? Um, I'm a mixed race girl. I was abducted by a family member. I mean, I... I honestly don't know. This has had far-reaching emotional consequences. What I do think is that that early trauma has affected me as lifelong, because it is a trauma. I mean, 
My little brother was still in nappies and my father, who abducted us, um, had no nappies. We had no food for like 24 hours. We, I didn't really know my father that well, so I was, I was taken from people I knew and family who I knew to a strange place with a strange man. And even though I can't remember it and he drugged us or whatever, I do think this had um, a lifelong impact on my mental health. I think I'm, I'm far less emotionally stable now than I would be if it had not happened. It might be easy for some of our listeners to dismiss Yasmin's preoccupation with what might have happened. She's a lucky one. She was found. Why concentrate on the what if? But as a woman of colour living in the UK, Yasmin knows that thousands of missing people are the what if, and she is determined to understand why. At first, Yasmin researched incidences of missing children in the UK and how many are found. She wanted to give context to her own experience. What she discovered was hard to swallow. In the UK, we all know the name Madeleine McCann, who disappeared in 2007. But children are reported missing every three minutes in Britain, with Bane children making up a larger number. If we know the name Madeleine McCann, why don't we know the name Elizabeth Ogunbayibi or Fulaweo Oladejo, children who have been missing for years? You can actually use search criteria on the Missing People website, so you can search under 18-year-olds who've been missing more than three years. If you search um, for, under those criteria, you get pages and pages of missing brown and black children. I think there are three or four white children in the whole group of people who've been missing. Madeleine McCann's one of them, obviously. But there aren't many white children who've been missing more than three years who haven't been found. Either they've been found tragically dead or they've been found alive, but they have been found. Um, they're not missing still. Whereas there are, there are hundreds of missing children of colour Yasmin was drawn to one particular case, that of Armina Khan, who went missing when she was just five years old. On the 26th of August 2011, Armina's father, Safraz Khan, went to collect his daughter from a pre-arranged visit with his ex-wife, who he shared custody with. When he arrived, his ex-wife and daughter weren't there, and he hasn't seen them since. A police inquiry later confirmed that the pair had likely flown to Pakistan. But that's not confirmed. And in the eyes of the law, and in the eyes of Safraz, his daughter is missing. Yasmin has spoken to Safraz, who believes that race is a factor as to why Amina hasn't been found. I spoke to her father last year, and he said, he said, without a doubt, he said, and this is a quote, if I'd been white, Amina would have come home. If she'd been white, Armina would have come home. This boils down to what Yasmin perceives as a lack of motivation to keep looking for Amina. The father has no proof that she is with her mother. It's just suspected that she's with her mother in Pakistan. But he has no proof. So she could, she could have been kidnapped by anyone. Tragedy could have befallen Armina a long time ago. The father has no way of knowing. The fa her father, her father is, I spoke to him and his voice was just breaking. He doesn't believe in God anymore. He has anger issues. It's affected every aspect of his life. 
he, he's just a broken man because the outcome of this case is just bleak. You know, There's, they're not looking for her anymore. The question of what constitutes missing is an important detail. In some communities, an arranged marriage might take someone out of the UK without the blessing of all their loved ones. Someone may be absent from school or home without being reported missing. The circumstances can sometimes inform urgency. Statistics can sometimes fall foul of the grey areas in a subject, which is rarely black and white. But what isn't in doubt is that plenty of non-white children have vanished without creating a wave of attention. The case of Elizabeth Ogunbayibi, who went missing in 2006 when she was just five years old, follows a similar pattern. When you Google the case or try to find out about Elizabeth and the circumstances surrounding her disappearance, there's scant information to be found. She was five years old when she went missing, so she'll be nearly 20 now. She was last seen in Manchester or Bradford, depending on who you ask. There were exactly two newspaper articles about her, and one says she was last seen in Manchester, one says she was last seen in Bradford. There is no national press about her. There's no website for campaigning for her return. I have no idea what happened to this girl, but she is technically still missing. Let that sink in. Other than Madeleine McCann, or Ben Needham, or perhaps Catrice Lee, all of whom are white, can you name any other missing children? So who is to blame, and why? Independently of this podcast, Yasmin contacted Missing People UK to ask them about whether they prioritise certain cases. The charity's policy is to dedicate attention to all cases equally. They each get the same space on their site, the same press release sent out. But the charity has no control over which cases the media then pick up and highlight. No control over which cases get attention. Attention which can highly influence which cases get solved. Who gets found? It's up to the media whether they pick up on a story or not. But obviously the media feeds into the police narrative and the police feeds into the media narrative. So it's they kind of depend on one another. If the police don't kick up a big fuss and, um, and start inquiring... Um, and doing a big investigation. The media have nothing really to report. And if the media aren't putting pressure on the police to look for somebody, then the police aren't going to put all their efforts into looking for them. So they kind of feed into one another. And obviously promotion of somebody who's gone missing is so vital in the first few days of their disappearance. Because if there's more press coverage and there's more police looking for the person, there's far more likely to have a favourable outcome. You're far more likely to find that person alive and well. I mean, the police are guilty, the courts are guilty, the media's guilty, but we're all guilty. We all have to take responsibility for this. We all need to pay more care and attention. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Yasmin's research has also led her to a phenomenon known as missing white woman syndrome. Well, we love hate a story of a white woman who's done everything right, who um, who, who dies at the hands of an evil man. Um, it's it it's um, it's a trope that's as old as time. It's it's almost like a fairy tale, you know, like the vi- the white victim who's like you know being victimized by this awful evil force or spirit. We, we love the stories, so the media tells us the stories which, which reinforces the narrative. It's like a catch-22, you know? On the 3rd of March this year, Sarah Everard went missing in London. Her family and friends launched a social media campaign. Below Sarah's picture, the description on the post read, Sarah is 5 foot 4 inches, 33 years old, with blonde hair and a slim build. The post described her clothing. Underneath, in bold red font, it read, Please share. And people did. It was shared countless times across Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. In fact, it became the news story of the week, and then the month. Sarah's case has parallels with another case we featured in Series 1 of The Missing, the case of Susie Lamplew. These cases are united by the fact that they attracted mass attention, especially compared with thousands of cases which didn't and don't. Yasmin believes both cases subscribe to missing white woman syndrome. They received lots of attention because of a perfect storm of circumstances and character. 
Sarah Everard was the perfect victim in a way. You know, her disappearance was totally out of character. She was very photogenic. She was white. Um, she was middle class. She did everything right. She did. She she walked the long way home to avoid, um, you know, the dark streets or whatever. So we could relate to her more because we like to think we do everything right in that situation as well. So when something awful happens, we can all relate to that. Sarah was more than just a poster girl for a syndrome. She was a woman beloved to many. Her disappearance was unbearably tragic. Her body was found on the 10th of March 2021, and a suspect was arrested and charged with her murder. But the interest in Sarah's case, and the support it galvanised so quickly, is testament to the collective power of the public. Sarah, like Susie before her, absolutely deserved that level of energy and attention. The collective voice was clear. We urgently wanted to find her. Yasmin does not question why Sarah's case got the support it did. Rather, she questions where the compassion is for the missing women of colour who are of a similar age. One of the biggest symptoms of racism in the UK um, is that black and brown people don't get the diagnoses they need when they need them. White people in general do not listen to black people's pain. In last week's episode, we told the story of Georgina Garsala. She was a young mother of two who disappeared in Brighton in March 2018. At the time of going missing, Georgina was living an itinerant lifestyle. She was drinking and partying. She was often an absent mother. Yasmin believes that Georgina's Libyan heritage combined with her lifestyle, made her easy for the police to dismiss. There wasn't the same outcry because police just thought that she'd either gone away voluntarily to escape problem issues in her life and, you know, she had she had foreign contacts because of her, she spoke Arabic and, you know, she might have gone to Libya or, you know, because, of, because she was a a member of the um, minority ethnic community. She obviously had contacts in a wider Arab circle. So that could have, that's plausible. Um, and then, um, yeah, they, they said maybe she just killed herself because her life was so miserable. The fact that she may have been abducted and murdered doesn't seem as important somehow. Um, so, I mean, if somebody, if somebody has, you know, struck this young girl down in the prime of her life, they will never get caught because the police are not investigating. And after that police investigation, Yasmin also believes that Georgina didn't receive the column inches she deserved. There is a hierarchy of care at play here. There is the ideal victim at the top of the hierarchy who is blonde and white and middle class and does everything right and they can't be blamed for the crimes committed against them. And then lower down the hierarchy, there are black and brown folks. Um, there are people who put themselves in danger. There are people who are maybe live a criminal lifestyle themselves. There are people who are deemed by society to not have as much value. It's just really, it's just really, really sad and kind of, out, kind of outrageous that as a society we've decided that these people don't matter. Like that's what gets me really, really angry. The bias is not just one of race, but circumstance. 
women who are known to the police do not get the same traction. Earlier in the series, we told the story of Lana Purcell, whose disappearance received little attention. Lana had been using drugs. She was linked to prostitution. She was a petty criminal known to the police. So her disappearance hadn't triggered an immediate response. The media hadn't picked up on it. And a decade later, Lana's family are still trying to get her name heard. Georgina's family also believe media attention on her case stalled because of her lifestyle. She was a single mom. she wasn't working, she liked drinking and sort of all those things, that it was different than if there was some girl, for example, the girl, the bank teller from the bank who had a nice job and, and you know, she got lots of friends in the community and we felt like there was some social discrimination there because of her lifestyle choices and things and... Um, and I said that to them and they said, no, they, we don't discriminate anybody. But we did feel like that. We did feel that if Georgina was different, we think she would have got more, perhaps more media, or been taken notice of more. Um, the investigation might have uh, been different. So race plays a part, as does class. But some cases don't make the headlines because of other things at play too. The devastating truth is that everything we've discussed in this episode so far creates a vicious cycle. While there are no official stats to confirm it, Yasmin's belief is that some BAME communities in the UK would often prefer to avoid reporting missing persons to the police due to the lack of trust in the care and attention they believe they'll receive. I think a lot of people of colour mistrust police, um, don't don't trust police officers. Um, whenever I post about a missing person on my social media, I always put, you know, oh, call the police if you see anything or call this number if you don't want to talk to the police. Because I understand that there's so much mistrust in the in certain communities of the police. They just don't want to talk to them. I think it's it's really difficult for white people to understand why that might be. The, the Irish woman who went missing, her family didn't notify the police because she was part of a very tight-knit Irish community. Yasmin is referring to Bernadette Cooper, who we featured in a previous episode. I can totally relate to that, and I think a lot of, a lot of communities of colour in the UK feel similarly um, about involving police in their, in their lives. Then there's the recent case of the missing Richard Okaruge. Richard was 19 years old when he left his house in Labrook Grove, London. His disappearance in March sparked immediate panic from his family. But they felt their concern wasn't shared by authorities. Richard Okareke's um, mother, um, Evidence, went to the police when she reported him missing. And they turned to her, one of the police officers turned to her and said, if you can't find your son, how do you expect us to find him for you? Richard's parents, Evidence Joel and Newton Okaregi recently criticised the Met Police's handling of their son's case in a newspaper interview, claiming that officers did not take their concerns seriously following his disappearance. Speaking to the independent Zoe Tidman, Evidence said the police appeared to be counting the minutes that she was on the phone line when she called for updates on his case. She felt rushed 
unimportant, just a drain on their time. The onus is on the police to improve their relationship with communities um, that don't trust them. Tragically, Richard's body was found in Epping Forest on the 6th of April 2021, after he'd been missing for over two weeks. Perhaps things could have been different if the case had received more attention. Perhaps they'd have turned out just the same. Yasmin is asking that every missing person is looked for, talked about, remembered with the same diligence, the same dedication, the same compassion. So when we're listening to evidence, Richard's mother say, he's my life, I know he's missing, you know, he's my everything, please help me find him. We need to listen to her. We need to stop writing off the, the, um, the statements that people of colour make because uh, when we do that, we do them a disservice, but we also do ourselves a disservice. The Independent Office for Police Conduct is reviewing Richard's case to deduce whether police responded appropriately to the initial report of Richard going missing. They said that their investigation would also investigate whether racism played a part in the way the initial report was handled. This episode, like many of the others in this series, has no definitive ending. We can't tie this up with a bow, much as I wish we could. But we hope as with the other cases we featured in these series, that this episode and the missing people that we have mentioned might provoke thought and generate awareness of something which we can all contribute to changing. Yeah, I don't think change is going to come from the police. I don't think change is going to come from the press. I think change has to happen within ourselves. I think this is a case of collective empathy that we feel for people. We do not care as much about people of colour and we have to change that in ourselves. We have to interrogate why that might be. As soon as we start caring about people of colour, the press will write about people of colour and the police will look for people of colour when they go missing. The change has to happen within us. We need to feel more empathy for these people and that starts with education. It starts with um, more integration. Um, it, it, it it happens very, very slowly, but it will happen. And I do have faith that we have the power within us to change um, and we have the power within us to become more empathetic. Um, we need to feel we need to feel more care for these people um, and we need to stop writing people off. We've put the details of Amina Khan's disappearance on our site, themissingpodcast.org. And Elizabeth Ogunbayibi's case is on there too. All of these cases can be found on the website for the charity Missing People. As Yasmin is keen to emphasise, missing people don't discriminate. Every case they're aware of is listed and available to search. They want answers for every single one. And they want the cases to be talked about far and wide. If you can help to share information of any of the cases on their site, it could make a difference. Thank you for listening to season two of The Missing. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. 
Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This season, we're launching a new episode of The Missing every week. But if you don't want to wait, you can listen to them exclusively on What's the Story Crime. Just search for What's the Story Crime in Apple Podcasts or follow the link in our show notes to get access on whatever platform you prefer to listen on. All the information is also available on www.whatsthestorysounds.com forward slash crime.